Well, it's good to see everyone tonight. I'm so excited to speak tonight. There's just some truths that I think are uh, so applicable for us today, uh, for the times that we live in, and it kind of goes along with some of the things that uh, Jim has been talking on the last several Wednesdays. And so let's just open with a word of prayer. God, we just thank you. We're so grateful for this time that we have to center in on you, to glorify you, to magnify you in our lives, Lord, uh, to put you above everything else that's going on in our world, in our lives, Lord, uh, to uh, set aside this time specifically to hear your word. Uh, that you, giving you an opportunity to speak to our hearts, be, uh, giving you an opportunity to help us to see clearly things that will uh, shape the way that we run our race, uh, shape the way that we do things in life, God. And so, Lord, we just pray that uh, you would help me to say things that I need to say and not say the things that I don't need to say and to focus in on the truths that you have placed in my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, let's start um, on 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. This has been a scripture that uh, Jim has been using for the last several weeks. If you have um, missed those sermons, I just encourage you. He's been speaking about uh, refuting negative thoughts, and it's such a good, good, simple way to see um, how uh, an avenue that can come and attack us is through thoughts, and it shapes the way we see ourselves, it shapes the way we see other people, the way that we see uh, situations in our lives, and he's been talking about how that we can go to the Word of God and if it, if it goes against the word of God, we want to change our thoughts to agree with the word of God. And so verse 3 says, uh, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And so today, I want to go from an angle that talks about how the devil likes to accuse people. And so kind of going along the thought of when we have accusations that come to our mind, what do we do with those accusations? And so uh, let's look. First of all, the Bible calls the devil the, the accuser the accuser of the brethren, which means of Christians. That's who we are, that we are brethren. Um, and so let's look at Revelations 12, 10. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. So right there we see uh, the Bible calling Satan the accuser of the brethren. Uh, if the devil is an accuser, then I think it's safe to say that one of the tools that he uses is accusations. That's uh, a method that he will use to uh, come against us, but also to come against people that are in our lives. Let's also look at John 8, 44. 
You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. So here we have again where the devil is called a liar. So we see that he's an accuser, but he is also a liar. There is no truth in him. There's nothing that he is going to tell you that is going to be strictly truth. It may have, uh, you know, come across, they may have a little bit of truth in it, but in that truth is deception. He can never be just flat out straight truthful with us. So if you have a thought that is um, not strictly truth, then you know that that's not coming from God because God is truth. He is love. And uh, so he will be bringing those kind of thoughts to us. So uh, if, if you're having a thought that you can see, uh, you may not be able to see if you're emotional at the time, but if you can see that this thought is not going to produce good results in your life, then you can know that that thought is not coming from God. It's coming from the devil. Um, and when we realize that a thought is coming from the devil, it makes it a lot easier for us to know what to do with that thought, which is to cast it aside. And, but a lot of times, those thoughts, uh, it's not just like he's saying, hey, this is the devil, and I'm going to tell you what's, <laughs> you know, to say this. He's not going to come to us like that. He comes in a way to where it sounds like us, sounds like our thoughts, sounds like um, maybe even uh, sounds right. But if it is not going to produce a good result, then that thought is not actually coming from God. And so um, the problem that happens, though, is that once uh, something that is like, say, um, you're in a discussion with someone and someone begins to say thoughts that are inspired by the devil, uh, it begins to cause a friction and it begins to cause division and emotions begin to rise. And then it's like... Uh, Caution is thrown to the wind, and you just start saying everything that comes to your mind, and you have help. <laughs> All those thoughts that are coming to your head are, uh, are inspired by someone. So it's either God or it's uh, the devil. And if you're not careful, you can become the spokesperson for the devil to whoever you're talking to. And you can say a lot of hurtful, mean things that can easily come back to that person and vice versa. They can say all those kind of things to you and it will come back to you at different times because the devil will uh, help somebody to say something and then he will bring it back to your remembrance over and over because he is a divider. So uh, we want to make sure that um, we do not want... And like we saw in 2 Corinthians 10.3, if you want to put that back up, it was the very first scripture. Um, it says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. So this is the difference that we are as Christians. We are choosing not to walk according to our flesh. We are choosing not to say everything that comes to our mind uh, that seems like a really good zinger, you know, um, because 
the more that we get into our emotional realm, the more that it is easy to yield to the devil. When we are in touch with our hearts, then it's easier, our spirits, then it's easier for us to say the things that God would have us to say. But when we are in, to in touch with our emotions, especially anger or frustration or fear, any of those, then we can easily start yielding to the thoughts that are given to us by the devil. And so uh, we tend to be more emotional when we're tired, when we're hungry. <laughs> you know, have you ever heard of hangry? You know, you kind of feel a little upset, and all it is is that you need to eat something. You know, and then uh, if you're worried about something, if you're stressed about something, you tend to be more in your soul realm rather than listening to your spirit. And so when you are in that realm, it is very easy to be influenced by thoughts and, and fears and uh, worry and those type of things. And then if you're mad, uh, words that could uh, be biting and just mean and just put somebody in their place, you know? Uh, and so when we are in our flesh, we are going to sow to our flesh. And that's why the Bible is telling us that as Christians, we do not, we're, we have a flesh, but we are not going to war with people according to our flesh. We are going to hook up with our spirits and then uh, walk accordingly. Let's look at John 10.10. 10. Uh, the thief in this scripture is referring to the devil. Uh, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. This is Jesus speaking. He is the I. So Jesus comes and he brings life and abundant life. The devil comes and he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So if you're having thoughts, that are such that would lead to destroying something, destroying relationships, uh, then those thoughts are not from God. But if you have thoughts that are coming to you that are producing life and encouragement and developing a relationship with someone, then those kind of thoughts are going to be coming to you from God. So uh, we want to be able to recognize uh, truths of what's, what's God and what's not God. And if we can see it plainly, then it makes it easy to make the decision that, okay, I'm not going to say this, or I am going to say that uh, something else that's going to produce good fruit. And so, um, you know, it's really important for married people <laughs> to realize how the devil is going to uh, try try to destroy. He comes to kill, still and destroy. So he's going to try to destroy marriages. He's going to try to destroy uh, relationships, even with your children or with your parents or with, um, you know, people that are in your life. Uh, he is, his goal is to destroy that relationship. So if you can go into um, a conversation with your guard up, realizing that, hey, this is being brought to me, this thought is being brought because the intent is to destroy, it's to kill this relationship, uh, whether it's even with somebody that you work with, um, maybe somebody that, you know, has been, 
has crossed your life for a reason because you are bringing them the love of God and all of a sudden you want to say something that's really mean and hurtful to them because maybe they did something stupid, you know, what is that to do? To try to still and to cut that relationship off so that there is no longer fruit in that relationship. And so when you realize that the devil is um, trying to attack your spouse or whoever it is with your words, is trying to um, uh, give you ammunition to hurt them so that you belittle them so that they feel insignificant or inferior when you realize that that's what the intent of those words are, maybe not from you, you, that's not your intent, you're just frustrated, but there is a spiritual intent that is backing that. There's a spiritual force that is backing those words that you are wanting to say. And it is to affect the person that you're going to say it to, and vice versa. If they're saying it to you, it's to affect you. It's to shut you down. It's to make you feel like, um, what's the use? It's to frustrate you. It's to get you to pull back, draw back from what you are supposed to be doing with your life. And so we can see this even with Adam and Eve. You know, the very first sin that they commit, and Adam blames the woman. You know, they both sinned. He ate of it. She didn't make him eat of it. She didn't, like, tie him down and say, eat this or else. And so the first thing that he says is it's her fault. (laughs) Let's look at Genesis 3.12. I'm not making this up. (laughs) Then the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, you made her, God. (laughs) You gave her to me, and she gave me of the tree, and I ate, (laughs) you know. So, and then the woman goes on and says, the serpent over here, he's the one that told me this, and I was deceived, and so therefore I ate. It's easy to begin to blame other people uh, for your situations and to accuse. Now, all of a sudden, who became the accuser? Adam became the accuser of Eve, and then Eve became the accuser of the serpent. And so, but really, they had the power to say no. They didn't have to eat, just like we don't have to say things sometimes that come to our mind. And so, uh, you know, some of the other different ways that maybe there's assumptions that are made. Have you ever, you know, those of you that are parents, Have you ever assumed that your child purposefully did something when they didn't? You know, it wasn't on purpose. It was an honest mistake, but you're sure that they purposefully did this. And so therefore, the wrath of being the mom or the dad comes upon them because you are going to show them how they messed up. (laughs) And, you know, and and they're looking at you like, what are you talking about? I didn't know this was wrong. I really didn't do it on purpose. It was an accident. And so then you have to eat humble pie later and say, I'm sorry, that was an overreaction. I can understand. Okay. And, you know, um, and so we have to be careful when the first thoughts that come to mind uh, of a situation or a person is negative. We have to just be like, okay, wait a minute. Is this coming from God? Uh, Because... That thought, more than likely, is not going to be coming from God if it's a fearful thought. 
So if it's fear, we have to step back and say, okay, is this a thought that God is bringing to me right now? Is he um, leading me this way? Now, there are certain things that, the devil, uh, that God tells us to be wise. And so we are supposed to walk in wisdom, and we are supposed to be aware. Uh, there are crafty people out there. There are situations that we need to be on guard in our lives, and he will go and warn us ahead of time to say, yes, this is good, or no, this is bad. But uh, a lot of times, though, when we have a negative thought, it isn't necessarily from him. And especially if it's going, if the end result of it is going to produce uh, negative um, results in our life, then we know for sure that that did not come from him. Um, sometimes uh, the devil will make accusations about other people, but sometimes he'll make the accusations towards you too. You will have these thoughts that just come to your head that says you're no good, you did that wrong, you messed up, you can't do this, there's just impossible the situation, there's no way that it's going to work out for good, and he'll just come at you, and he, you know, he's not nice about it, he doesn't just hit once and then leave, he will just start pelleting you with thoughts, and sometimes it's cyclical, it just keeps going over and over and over, and a lot of times, have you ever noticed that you'll wake up in the middle of the night and you'll have these thoughts, and they're never positive, why is that <laughs> when you're sleepy you know again if you're tired sometimes it makes it harder to resist thoughts that come uh, towards you and sometimes it makes it harder to realize that those thoughts are not actually God's thoughts they're not actually how he sees you or the situation that you are in and so uh, the devil would love to keep our focus on people because if he can keep us looking at people, then he can hurt us. And so let's look at Ephesians 6, uh, 10 through 13. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor, God, uh, armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So I want to focus in on this. What are we wrestling against in verse 12? Let's read that again. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We're not fighting against humans. We're not fighting our brothers and our sisters and our spouses and our children and our parents and, and whoever else is in our lives, our bosses and, and our co-workers. We're not fighting them. We are fighting instead against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Again, when we go back to 2 Corinthians 10, 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. We fight differently as Christians. We're not fighting flesh and blood. We're not fighting against humans. We are recognizing the, the forces, the spiritual forces behind what is happening. 
our, our fight is against these principalities and against powers and rulers of darkness. Uh, you know, one of the things that the devil loves is when you don't think there's a devil. You know, there's a lot of people out there that they just believe God's doing everything. You know, he's the one that's creating tornadoes, hurricanes, tsunamis, you know, everything bad that's going on in the world, that came from God. And that is such a deceptive thought that uh, has infiltrated the church, not just the church, it's infiltrated the thoughts of people all throughout the world, that they are believing that God is creating bad things to happen as punishment. And yet... Uh, they don't want to say and admit that there's a devil at all. In fact, if you say the devil, people look at you like, oh, you're one of them. <laughs> you're a little weird. <laughs> but yet, that is such a truth. The Bible goes throughout and explains that there's a devil. And it's saying right here that he is the thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy He's the one that we're fighting against. He's the principalities and the powers and the rulers of darkness of this age and spiritual hosts of wickedness. Yes, there's a devil. Yes, there's demons. Yes, there are things that are purposefully being uh, spiritually uh, trying to shut you down, trying to cause you to not be able to do what God intended for you to be able to do. And there are forces and they're real, and it's not your imagination. It is very true, but guess what? <laughs> For the Christian, they've been defeated. Amen. They've been defeated by the blood of Jesus, and so we are not focusing on the devil and glorifying him and saying he's so tough and he's so big and he's so mighty. No, that's God. He's the one that's tough. He's the one that's big. He's the one that's mighty. And he's the one that's put the devil under our feet. And so that's what we're standing on. But if we realize that something is com coming from the devil, we will resist it. But if we think that something is coming from God, we won't. So we need to know, is this thought from God or is it from the devil? The word of God uh, shows us what, uh, how God sees things. He's put it in there for us. He's given it to us. That's why we renew our minds with the word of God. But we can know for sure that if a thought is an accusation, we need to st uh, take a step back and say, okay, who is the accuser of the brethren? Who is the one that's given me that thought? Who is the one that's trying to divide a relationship. Who's the one that's trying to divide you from your spouse? God would not divide you. God does not think your spouse is a loser. That's not how he sees that person. God put uh, you two together for a powerful force to impact uh, his kingdom. And so he can uh, create a love Love never fails. Love never fails. So God's going to give you thoughts of love towards your spouse, thoughts of encouragement towards your spouse. He's going to uh, cause you to believe the best about your spouse. If you're having thoughts that your spouse is a loser, that did not come from God. If you think you're a spouse, there's no hope. 
for your spouse. That did not come from God. If you think your spouse is what's holding you back, that did not come from God. Because God is not a divider. He's not a destroyer. He is not one that kills. He is not one that will tear and rip apart a union that was made before him. But what he will do is he will unite and he will help you together conquer and defeat the thing that's trying to destroy your marriage. He's the one that will help you with that. And so a lot of times um, people will blame and accuse other people or their spouse or whoever is in your life. Um, You will blame and accuse other people for situations because you know what? It takes the responsibility of your actions um, and places it on someone else. I did this because you made me. If you hadn't have done this, then I wouldn't have done this. And it puts the responsibility of what you are doing and blaming it on somebody else. And so guess what? You can't overcome. You're now at the mercy of someone else, of a person, when really God is the one that uh, has taken all the limits off. He has caused us to be able to run in victory. He says there's nothing that can defeat us. So there's no person that can stop us from being able to run our race if we stay focused on God. If we focus on them and start blaming them for whatever is going wrong in our lives, we've now given them the power to control us and to hold us back. And guess what? There's a force behind that that's supernatural that's trying to hold us back and trying to um, keep us from being able to do what we're supposed to do. You know, um, if we blame others, uh, it is the thing, I, I said this kind of already, but it is a thing that holds, holds people. You can't push forward when you think that your life is dependent on certain uh, situations and circumstances. If this doesn't happen, then this will never happen. Then what I want to happen will never take place because this didn't happen. Whereas God is saying that he's given us the victory. He's caused us to be a conqueror, and we'll go into that a little bit more. So if we realize that the fight is with the devil and that he's defeated, then we will... uh, keep our focus on who God is and what he's done for us and the race that he has for us to run. And if he has a plan for us, then that means he's given us what is intended, what is needed to be able to accomplish that, that plan. He didn't leave you empty-handed. He didn't leave, he didn't say, okay, uh, I'm going to give so-and-so... <laughs> everything that they need to be successful in life. But you know what? You're a Christian, and um, you, you love me, and you want to do the things for me, but I'm going to give you, you know, a really bad hand and say, you know, good luck and leave you to yourself to try to figure things out. That's not how God does things. He has a plan and a race for each and every one of us, and in that plan is success. We are supposed to be successful. 
And so we don't want to believe the lies of the accuser, of the blamer, of the one who is trying to destroy and to kill us and uh, kill our relationships with people. We don't want to listen to him. We don't want to yield to those thoughts. Instead, we want to yield to our hearts. And what is God saying about us? What is God saying about our situation? And so let's look. We, the first thing that we can know is that God loves us. No matter what is said, by whoever it is said, God loves us. That's a constant. That's a solid that is a truth, uh, and there is absolutely nothing that is going to ever separate us from his love. And so let's look at Romans 8, 20, or 8, 37 to 39. It says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Isn't that just amazing? We're more, we're not just conquerors, we're more than conquerors. And this is what God is saying to us in his word, that we are more than conquerors. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor, what is this? Principalities, nor powers. We just read that we are fighting against principalities and powers. There is no principality nor power nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing human anything out there shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord so this is a constant this is a stable this is a truth that we can count on that God loves us and there's nothing that can separate us from his love. There's no sin that you have done that is going to keep you from the love of Christ. His blood covers it. You come to him and you humble yourself before him. He is not going to reject you. He is a constant. He is going to accept you and love you. And then we know that the greater one is in us. In 1 John 4, 4, it says, Greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. So we have God that loves us all the time. Now he's in us. And so we know that he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's with us all the time. And if we look at Romans 8, 31, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Okay, so now we know God loves us. He's in us. If he's for us, who can be against us? So it doesn't matter what other people say. It doesn't matter what your circumstances look like. It doesn't matter what situations look like. Uh, God is for you, and if he's for you, who can stand against him? There's nothing. There's no one. There's no situation that is more powerful than God in our life. And if we have that truth, we have confidence. We have confidence to be able to say, I'm not going to believe this voice that says differently about me. God loves me. And so uh, if we look at Romans 8.28, we also know that God is able to work everything out for our good. 
It says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So he has a purpose for us. If we love him, he is going to turn things around for our good. Isn't that just so comforting to know that, to have that truth, to know that you're on the winning side? You're not a loser. It doesn't matter what somebody else says. It doesn't matter if, you know, you're in middle school or you're in high school and somebody popular uh, says something mean to you that belittles you. That doesn't mean that it's a truth. It doesn't mean that that's how God sees you. What means, what matters is how God sees you, not what some person who's not going to be in your life the rest of your life says. It doesn't matter. So... Now we have um, that we know that God's turning things around for our good, so we are going to be empowered to win because there is nobody that can defeat what God is doing in our life. So if we realize that we are empowered and nobody can control our destiny, then we don't have to fear what people say. We don't have to fear the... Uh, hurts and the different things that have come against us because we know that God is for us. He has our good. So when we know that God loves us, he's for us, he's in us, his love is a part of who we are, now all of a sudden he is going to help us season our words with grace. Woo! All right, let's look at that. <laughs> Colossians 4, 6. Thank God he helps us. Thank God that we, he didn't just say do this yourself, but he says he's going to help us, right? Anything he's put in the word means that we can do it, not in and of our own strength, but through him. He helps us to do this. So here we go, verse 6. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each other, each one. So we have a grace that we can speak through. We can say things that can encourage people in our lives rather than destroy and kill and um, cause people to feel insecure and fearful. We have this ability to speak with grace that we know exactly what to say to everyone. Can you believe that? You know, you may not do it perfectly, but you have it in you to be able to do that. And when you mess up, you say, I'm sorry. You humble yourself and you say, I'm sorry. I messed up. I said the wrong thing. And you know, a lot of times when you're emotional, you speak stupid stuff because you just listen to it and then you just spew it right out. <laughs> and you don't mean those things. And so if you don't mean him, then you need to have mercy on the person who just did the same thing to you. They didn't mean everything they said. They were just mad. And so they yielded to the wrong thing, and that's what happened. So we want to be full of grace in our words. And then finally, we want to choose to empower people in our lives rather than be used of the devil to destroy them. And let's look at 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. We have the love of God in us. We have God in us. God is love. 
So he's in us. So his love is in us. And so this is what love looks like. This is what love looks like for us when we're dealing with the people in our lives. Love suffers long. Boy, it just sounds terrible, doesn't it? You have to suffer sometimes when you love someone. Oh, it just doesn't seem right. But it pays off in the end. So love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up. If you have thoughts like this, they're coming from God. You know, love suffers long. Okay, just be patient. They had a really bad day today. Overlook what they said. Just give them a break. You know, that's just their flesh talking. That's not their heart. Love is kind, and when you don't really want to be kind, you choose to be kind, even if they're mean. You're still kind. Love is kind. Love does not envy. They get to have all the accolades at work while I'm at home with the kids and nobody ever tells me I do a good job. And <laughs> <you know? laughs> We don't envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. It doesn't think it's better than someone else. I'm better than you, so I have a right to put you in your place. <laughs> Love does not do that. God is better than all of us. And he's never trying to put us in our place. He is always trying to edify us and build us up and cause us to run our race. So it's not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. That's a tough one when you're mad. You know, you just want to be rude. You just want to, you deserve it, and so I'm just going to let you have it. You know, but love does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. So you can't blame someone else for your rude behavior. It's not provoked. Uh, it thinks no evil. That's a hard one, too. I mean, all of these things can be hard in and of themselves. So thank God that we have his love shed in our hearts. So it thinks no evil of people or of situations. doesn't mean that you're dumb. It doesn't mean that you overlooked, but it does mean that uh, you are walking in the wisdom of God and you are not trying to destroy someone and speak evil of someone. You may have a guard up because you know that person can hurt you, but at the same time, you're not going to go and talk bad about them to someone uh, at your work or at school or wherever. You're not going to, you know, this is tough. I mean, if we're praying for people, we shouldn't be speaking evil of them, you know? Even politicians. If we're praying for our politicians, which the Bible tells us to do, then we really shouldn't be speaking evil of them because we're kind of going against what we're praying for them. So we want our prayers to be effective, right? So it's not that we agree with what they're doing, but we're not going to be mean and rude you know, that way either, you know, because then we cut off people in our lives that may actually like that politician. So we have to kind of, you know, we stand up, we vote the way we should, we stand up, we speak what is right from the word, but we're not rude. We're not rude. We're, we, and we don't speak evil. And um, we do not rejoice in iniquity, but we rejoice in the truth. We don't want to rejoice when somebody falls apart. And, you know, if you don't like them and then 
something really bad happens to them and say, yeah, they got what they deserve. <laughs> you know? That's the natural tendency to want to think that. But we have to be careful as Christians, you know, because the, well, let's go on. Um, it bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. When you do things God's way, it never fails. The thing that happens that if you speak evil, if you are critical, if you do all, uh, if you yield to that and let those kind of thoughts be entertained in your mind, um, you are giving place for the devil. And guess what? He will turn it on you. And he will come at you. And he will be, he will give you lots of critical thoughts about yourself. And he's merciless, uh, merciless, merciless, I can't say it right now. Merciless? All right. So we want to be careful because we don't want to walk in defeat and we don't want to give place to him. And so therefore we watch what we let come to our minds and what we speak about other people. I can remember when I was in high school, and I'll close with this. Um, you know, you want to be cool. Whether you are or not, you want to be, right? And so I, I can just remember there was this time and everybody's always talking bad about somebody, you know? And so you, you want to have something to talk about. And so you, you join in and say, yeah, their hair looked really crazy today or whatever you want to say. Because we had big bangs and perms and all that kind of stuff. When I was growing up, you guys may not know anything about that, but that's the way it was when I was growing up. <laughs> now they have all these beautiful hairstyles and the bangs are more natural. And, but we used to have them and they're like this big. And, you know, and the bigger the better and you had big hairspray and all this. But when you were doing that, you know, you're putting down someone else. But, you know, then you would go home and then you began to be concerned that all those people that you were talking about, you know, maybe Anne over here, now that you're not in the room, you're concerned that all those people are talking about you. You know what I mean? Have you ever had that? So sometimes when we join in with something that is ungodly, it turns on us. And so we want to be graceful, seasoned with grace, our words to be graceful, because then when things come and we're in our homes by ourselves, if we've sown mercy, we reap mercy. And God is merciful to us. And so I just want to encourage you, when you are heated, stop for a moment and think, okay, is this thing that I really want to say right now, is this going to produce the results that I want in my marriage or in my children, you know, or in uh, whatever relationship it is that I have right now? Because God is going to produce uh, victory in our lives. And so his thoughts, his words, doing things his way, is going to produce the results in our life that we actually want.